Hey guys, welcome to our Rocky Start podcast. I, thanks you guys for all joining in and listening to the show. I am uh, Brian Argot and I'm here with my good friend Ken Griffin. What's going on, Ken? What's up, man? Just recovering from watching the Suns spank the Lakers the other night. I mean, that was the other night. <laughs> so, I mean, you must have been hey, I, in a long I have been recovery. celebrating, celebrating for days. I'm in the recovery like I have a high ankle sprain. I know, man. You you did. I won't give you credit. You did call the the Suns beating the Lakers. Well, actually, winning the finals. So, I yeah. Mean, I mean, when you're an expert, you're an expert. My, the jury's still out on that, so uh, we'll we'll see. You know, I will tell you to uh, tonight. This one. That's all we have to talk about. I dropped enough knowledge today. Okay, well, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into all the NBA talk. We'll get into some card talk. Talk a little bit of NFL and some MLB action. But uh, let's dig right into the NBA, man. Let's talk about last night's games. We had uh, Damian Lillard going off first the Nuggets. Wasn't enough because Jokic was showing why he is the MVP. And, uh, man, I, I just watching the Nuggets game overall, I mean, the ball movement was just incredible. The, I mean, man, just that team is just a complete team versus Portland, who needs Damian Lillard to literally light him up for 45. And that's the thing is, like, even if he scores 40-plus, they could still lose. Well, that's what's scary is if he has a night where he, you know, if he goes 11 for 29 or something crazy, like, he's going to just get, they're going to get wrecked by 30 points. You know, they, they never were close. They led in that game for literally a minute and 26 seconds. And and even even in that time, I mean, the lead, as it dissipated really quick, yeah. They the Nuggets, I mean, man, every time the, the Blazers would even answer with, like, two shots, the Nuggets would just go right back up by 10. It was – they never even had a chance to make that game even close. And with Jokic, man – just watching him play, like it's it's really it's really fun because it kind of sort of reminds you. I'm not saying he's Tim Duncan, but like the passing ability and stuff on like how he kind of does it. Then he he does some of these moves. It's it's sort of Duncan like because he's just like he has these fundamentals down, and it's just it's really fun to watch him. Yeah, it's just really interesting to see a big man that has the ability to play the minutes he does and have that cardio. I mean, he takes some really hard hits, too. I mean, he gets fouled hard. Um, and it's interesting to see the difference between him and, like, some other guys that when they get hit, fall to the ground like they got shot. Um, Do you mean like uh, like Trey Young when he got hit the other night? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Trey went off. Trey looked fantastic. He was great. I just uh, – that foul at the end. That was Sometimes the, you got to try to get a try to get a technical man. You got to try to you got to try to pick up that extra shot in the ball. I just don't understand the refs, man. I mean, that kind of call you can't make that at the end in a playoff game. You just can't. But I mean, there's a lot of impact that the refs have had in the this, these closer games. You know, these these single fouls can change everything. Yeah, and it, it's a negative uh, showing on the league. I I don't want to <laughs> watch it when it's like that. It doesn't make a game fun. And where are you at, you know, when you're watching a game and it's in crunch time, final five minutes of the fourth quarter, and it takes 30 minutes to almost finish the game, is that fun to you? Yeah. 
I hate it. I hate everything about it. But in the same breath, like if a guy is having a shot impacted, you've got to call it. Of course. But in the same breath, like it's if I feel like it should be however the game has been called throughout the entire rest of the three and a half plus quarters. So if they've been letting them play a little more, I don't think at the end you can tighten that. I think at the end of the day, like the the game flow should matter. You know, I mean, if a guy fully just gets hacked in the head or poked in the eye, you know, obviously you got to call something. But right, but like a foul, like what happened on Trey Young, it it's just like that's something where you just got to let it play and not call that because it's it's really just distasteful for fans to watch. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that game here in a second. Let's get back to uh, Portland Nuggets. I mean, man, Jokic's like, proven why he's most likely going to win the MVP. Not saying that it ha- it's been announced yet, but it will be announced here pretty soon. Six man was announced yesterday. But man, it's like, where would you hold Jokic cards long term right now? If like you're you're watching like what you see. Pre-playoffs, I would have 100% said sell because coming off an MVP performance, him getting wrecked in the playoffs would have been bad. After watching a man, like I honestly believe they're going to win this series. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to have an answer for him. I, I am getting more impressed with him every game. I honestly thought he was this big, out of shape, going to get wrecked, dude. You know, just. That he couldn't handle a six-game, seven-game run. And I, after watching him last night, I think he's there. Yeah, and I, I think obviously the Jamal, the Jamal Murray injury really affects that team. I, I think going forward in the next few years, they have a really good team around them. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually do pull off a championship. I never thought that this Nuggets team could. But with the leap that Jokic has made, I really think that they're going to be around like Dirk and the Mavs were in that 2000s part where they came really close to winning a finals, getting to the finals. I think that the Nuggets will have that kind of impact in the coming years. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, how many more points do they score a game? It's 20-plus, right? I mean. Yeah, I lost you there for a moment, man. Okay. I said, can you imagine if they did have Jamal Murray back right now? Like, I mean, anytime Joker gets double-teamed, they can kick out to him for all practical purposes and pick up an extra 20 points. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you lost a 20-point score there in a guy who was fearless in the playoffs last year. Having... Having him there, it makes the biggest difference. But still, I think this. I think Denver's going to move on and beat Portland. Like I said, yep. Port- Portland, something's going to have to happen with that team. I mean, I, I'm not going to say anything just yet because you know Dame Lillard could surprise us and they could pull off the next three. So I don't want to jump the gun on it yet. But if the Portland loses a series, something's going to have to happen with that team. Like McCollum getting traded this offseason. I would. Well, the the other issue I think particular series is. Dame went off for a career game. I mean, looked absolutely – he looked like Steph out there. And and what sucks for him because he's always going to get compared to Steph because they have a similar shot style. But in the same breath, like, he goes off for a career game, and it was never close. 
So he has to play even above that. Like he has to do more than that. I mean, how? How? Like, what more could the guy have done? That's why you know he just doesn't have that supporting cast around him. I mean, Nurkic looks better than you know what they had last year in the playoffs. I think Cantor playing, but it's like you know Carmelo would need a you know play smarter too. That flagrant foul last night was just that flagrant was bad, bad. I was kind of surprised to see Joker go to the ground on that one though, because I mean it didn't seem like it was that big of a shove, but yeah, it was it was a shove. But but just not a smart foul by Carl. Uh-huh. Just that. So I'm hinting at it. it's like you're gonna need your players to play much smarter than that. And I wouldn't be surprised if Portland just come out and win game two. Just uh, uh, it's just uh-huh. what you know. This one's you're gonna have to let the series play out on the on that one before it uh, you actually make any you know um, judgments on it. I'll say this: if the Nuggets come out and win the next game, I think they will take the series. Uh, they do. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any coming back from down two one. Especially, they would have to. They could potentially finish that off in in uh, Denver. Mm-hmm. That's that. Uh, let's go on to the next game from yesterday, man. We had the Bucks go up two zero on the Heat. Hit fifteen threes in the first half. Giannis is not playing around with the Heat this year. After being last year, it's going out with a little bit of a vengeance. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I honestly was watching that game and was just like, are they going to score 200 points? Like, is this real life? Everything was going on. I mean, <laughs> that, it was like watching, you know, the Warriors out there a little bit. Just every three was just falling. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Um, I mean, Giannis continues to impress. You know, his, his deep ball shots improved this year, which I think is really interesting. Because he's no longer just a post you up guy, you know he's a threat from three now. Yeah, he, he's a bit of a threat. He's still not the guy that you want him to be. That you thought he could be at this point in his career now, being in I think year eight of his career. Just with with Giannis, and I think the biggest thing for him is just to win the series and move forward. That that's what people want to see is him go to the finals. Uh, yeah. Do you think the Bucks have a path to the finals? Like. Or do you still think Brooklyn's the favorite? I mean, honestly, I think Brooklyn didn't look that great either the other day. I mean, to me, I'm a Brooklyn hater, though. I just I don't believe in that team. Like, I I want to see them lose. I truly, truly just do not care for a single player on that team. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, if I have to put my hierarchy, it's like Lakers lose and then, like, the Nets lose. And I'm happy. Like, I just, I'm a hater on both of them, honestly. So, from a talent standpoint, I think they have, they have the talent to have a path to the finals, but I just think that the Nets are going to be probably too strong for everybody. Yeah, you know, we're overlooking the Sixers here, but the Sixers, I'm not not convinced that they could win, you know, even make it to the finals, but even win in the, the conference finals. I just don't see it happening. But... You know, with with the Bucks, I think the Bucks are the best all around team in the East. I think they played with each other all year. Uh, I just think Giannis is the, also the best player in the East too, and I'm saying that over KD. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a big KD guy anymore, but I also could see it, it's such a tough series because, like, say they do end up facing off, either one of those teams could play. 
right? I mean, oh, of course. But, but it's just going to depend on which Nets show up, too. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the the Celtics Nets series. You know, Celtics they uh, they were up in the first half on night on the next in uh, game one, the game two tonight, and um, the you know, but the Nets the thing is is like Harden shot bad, Kyrie shot bad, Durant was the only one consistent. Durant goes off in the second half, and Kyrie and Harden they turn it on, and the Celtics had no answer. They outside of Tatum, they have no answer. They need Tatum to. Do what he did in the plan, and yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get wrecked. I mean, I think you know this reality. The Celtics are gonna get wrecked. Um, and I and I think uh, yeah, the Celtics. I think they're gonna get swept. Possibly, maybe they win one game, but I I just think with Brooklyn, even though they haven't played with each other all year, they're gonna cruise through it. I think where Brooklyn's gonna get put to the test is when they played the when they have to play the Bucks. Yeah. And, I, and I think the Bucks could uh, upset that team. I really do. I also see that being a really highly physical game. So whichever team comes out of that is also going to be a little beat up. But I think that could be interesting, especially if that goes to like an entire series. Right. Yeah. You know, if they if they play seven games or even six, that's going to be tough as a, a tough out. I mean, none of those teams are easy outs. Yeah. And the Nets' third best player, Harden. Or I mean, whatever second best players want to call him, but he in the playoffs, the guy hasn't showed up, man. And like, if you're going to depend on him in a crucial series against another great team that could easily beat you, like, my money would be on the Nets in that situation. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I just don't care for the team, but I do think that they're going to be tough, and I do think that Giannis is going to continue to to outperform. I feel like he's one piece away still, though. Like if he had one more guy, I just, I don't know what it is. Like I feel like if they had one more just killer shooter, if they had Dame Lillard on their team, they win the whole thing. Yeah, of of course, and you're comparing, you know, you're giving him one of the best ten players in basketball, but but I mean that's the team that the Nets have, isn't it? I mean, realistically, do they yeah. have three top twenty? They have three top twenty guys, right? Uh, of course, but I think that the Nets have a better, just overall round team that's played with each other all year. That's or not the Nets, um, the the Bucks. I think the mm-hmm. Bucks are. I think the Bucks are going to go to the finals. I just still think that they are the best complete team to do it. And I think I think Giannis is going to prove it this year. I like. I would. I would put my money on the bucks to actually go over the nets. I just don't, I just think Brooklyn, I just think with the injuries they've had, I just, I think one of those guys gets hurt. Like they've, they've had so, these injuries all year and I just to see them healthy through the playoffs will be um, something to see. So let's jump the coast for a second. So you still believe that the Lakers are going to the finals, even those are getting swept by the Suns. Um, so, do you believe that the Nets or the Bucks have a better chance to actually out the Lakers if they end up in the finals against each other? Like, who's your pick there? To who do you want to see face the Lakers? Well, because I, you think they're an easier out. I, I think what the league and what everybody wants to see is Kevin Durant versus LeBron James. I mean, that's what everyone wants to see. And you know, obviously, the league not suspending LeBron after he um, broke protocol. I don't know what happened there, but uh, I think if that's any other player, they might get suspended or something. But 
anyways. 100% other players have had to sit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I honestly believe he I believe he could test positive for COVID and they would somehow figure out a way to put him on the floor. Yeah. They'd put him in a space suit and let him play. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I mean, again, like, if you're on the other – I don't know. I said the other day after they didn't suspend him, if I'm on the other team, they should have just said they're not coming out because they're scared of their health risk and just and so they sit him. Yeah. He needs to be out of the building. Like, honestly, if it was any other player. I mean, following the protocol, I mean, it's definitely something that – I mean uh, – I'm just I'm just shocked the you know not shocked that the league didn't do anything about it of course, but anyways back to the Lakers Suns I think that you think the Suns are going to sweep them I think you're crazy I think the Lakers are still going to come out and win in six I I, I think you're, what you're going to see tonight is the Lakers just coming out loaded I think LeBron's going to have like 40 points and you're just they're just not going to stop him I know you say where's the where's the answer for Booker. Where's the answer for LeBron and where's the answer for AD? AD is not going to play as bad as he did in Game One. I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest AD guy, but I I know he's better than what we saw in Game One. And you know, I think they too. both looked. They both. Oh, 100. percent And I'm an AD fan. Um, even though he played for a college team, I don't care for. Um, I 100 percent feel like if the Lakers team that showed up for Game One shows up for Game Two, they are going to get wrecked. Because the thing is about the Suns, man, they, they're young and they're exciting and they're fast. And there's nothing I saw in that Lakers team that looked anywhere near the level of talent that they have. They looked flat as could be. No, They, they were slow. They were not getting back on defense. AD was getting handled by a guy that should never handle him. Aiton is garbage, honestly. Aiton is garbage. And he was handling AD. No, oh, yeah, he was, and he had, he was getting rebounds. He was doing all that. Yeah, the second, the second he, he, Yeah, every single stat line, he looked a hundred. He looked like AD. Like if you would have flipped the stats and showed it on ESPN, people would have been like, "That made sense." Right. And instead, it was like this dude that's just sloppy. Like because AD is just so much better than he played. Like, but I've seen that a couple times this year with the Lakers. Like they just have not played to form, and I don't know if it's still injury play. I don't know if it's. Well, you also you, know, got, you just got to remember too that this, like LeBron's, what he's only been back like really five games since his injury, yeah. where he re-aggravated it and then sat out another few games. So he, he's really still playing into form with these with this team. So although I know they're practicing together and stuff like that, I still think as the playoffs go along, I think the Lakers just get better and they will get back to the finals that way. I, I just don't well, I just don't think that well, Suns can handle them. Well, let's also talk about you know CP three did have his shoulder touched and fell to the ground like he got shot, and I was happy he was able to play through a devastating injury of having his shoulder grazed. That was such a weird that, injury. <laughs> that poor guy had his shoulder grazed, I and mean, he came out like a champion. A champion. <laughs> I mean, Chris Paul, and like when I saw him drop to the floor, when I saw him drop to the floor, he, it just, first of all, of course, Chris Paul getting hurt in the playoffs. What's new? Every time, he's always hurt in the playoffs. It's like he can play healthy a whole season. And once the playoffs begin, it's like something turns on in his body where it's like, oh, we need to come up with an injury. But man, Chris Paul, I, I don't think he will. I mean, I think he plays game two, of course, and I think he'll. 
be at full capacity. I just have no idea what kind of injury that was, and I haven't really heard anything about it since. It looked like a phantom punch. It looked like one of those punches in boxing where a guy gets knocked out but didn't actually get hit. And I was sitting there just screaming at the TV because, you know, it, I may have, in theory, had a little action on the Suns. Of course. And uh, <laughs> just a little. Uh, um, yeah, I was really not happy. I was happy to see him come back out there. But frankly, I mean this too. I don't think they need him to win. <laughs> I think Cam Johnson is good enough that they don't even need him to win. Like I think that Cam Johnson is 100%. I'll say this now. If they do out the Lakers, which, again, it's a long shot, but if they do, I not Cam Johnson, Jesus. Why do I always confuse those two? Booker. Devin Booker uh, is 100% the playoff MVP. Yeah, I mean, well, it says uh, make it to the finals, but – they, but I mean, their hardest out is right now, right? I mean, they're playing. They're playing their finals right now. I mean, the their, whole, path, their path is is difficult. That's the, that whole side is terrible. But the the West is loaded. I mean, yeah. Even whoever would team at advance, they still have to play. I think the winner of the Mavs and Clippers. So uh, yeah, and neither of those are easy outs. No, no, not at all. And we'll we'll jump ship here from the Lakers Suns. But I think I I still think the Lakers are going to win in six. That's my prediction. I know you think the Suns are going to win, and I think we should play place a wager on that. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, about if if they if they lose tonight, do you still have confidence that they're just going to yep. suddenly become the Lakers? Because you know why they have the best player in the world, LeBron James. So that's why. Oh, I thought you meant the refs. Go ahead. Uh, no, the refs. Yeah. Did, the refs did uh, have a big impact the, on that first half, and they <laughs> Lakers still lost that game. But, the refs and the league—they've got both. Yep, that's true. I still think the Lakers come out and win that game. But, but even as a Lakers fan, you have to think that LeBron should have been suspended. No, I, I think, yeah, he should have been suspended for a game, for sure. You should have to sit down and go through their protocol. I agree. But uh, still, LeBron is the best player in the game, and oh, he's going to improve that tonight. Watch. Uh, next year, let's go to Mavs Clippers, man. Everybody. Wow, yeah. Everybody. No one. Because this Mavs – this Mavs team is not as good as the one they had last year, but Luca is better than last year. And there's something, I mean, man, I loved it. I love them losing. I, I'm so glad the Clippers lost because when they stay, when they stared down, when they, yeah, uh, after he got dunked gross. on, I was like, and you know, Paul George, God, guy grew up in the same city I grew up in. And like, God, I just, I can't stand him when he does stuff like that because here's a guy who, I think comes up with the, the most excuses ever, like last year. And maybe fatigue did play into it last year or whatever. But I just feel like there's always an excuse with Paul George. There's just always something. And, like, this guy has come up short in so many games. Like, he's, like, you know, hardened in, in all respects. Like, he's just like, like him when it comes to it. And so to see him do that and watch them lose, I really hope they lose the series. Because, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that. The Clippers lose the series. Like, what happens with that team? Kawhi is a free agent. He could walk. He could go somewhere else. And do they trade Paul George? I mean, I would. Like, you know, they gave him. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole team falls apart. Yeah, but the thing is, like, they can't afford to fall apart because they have no picks. They have Morris on a sixty-four million dollar contract. Luke Kennard. I mean, I, I think maybe they could possibly unload that contract and trade him somewhere else because he's a good shooter. But they have no picks, man. And, I mean, 
I you could get some picks for Paul Paul George, but I I don't know how many teams are going to want Paul George. Um, I like for that many picks, like you know what they end up giving up for him, you know. So it's a uh, just interesting, but I think uh, Luca, man, guy is just he's he is took a leap again this year. Last year he took the leap, but I think already now like that when that team gets another superstar, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I like it. I think they uh, they could be insane. I mean, Luca needs, I think, again, one more piece to be devastating. And if they get it, my gosh, I mean. Well, to, to be honest, it's only like Luca is the only star on that team. Like Porzingis yeah. is not what he was. See, I'd actually like to see them unload him. It's just honestly, hard to get and, that and contract. I know. I know. But I'd like to see him go and then add another really good big or another good shooter. Yeah, I, I want to see them get a, a secondary player, maybe another big or something. It's uh, mm-hmm. that's something maybe we can talk about next week on on our next pod. It's like what we'll see where they're at and what you know replacements they get. I still think the Clippers do end up winning the series because they are more talented. They have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as a sidekick. You know, Kawhi Leonard I still think is what the third, fourth best player in basketball, and I, I think I think they're gonna realize that. You know, the, those two guys need to shut him down. I mean, come on. Kawhi is one of the best defenders we've ever seen, and Paul George is another really good quality defender. Like, they're going to have to shut – they're going to have to double team and shut him down. Because all they need to do is take Luke out of the game. Once Luke is out of the game, I don't think the Mavs can win. Yeah, I think you're right. And the the Clippers won't – or the uh, Mavs just don't have any answers on the other floor for Kawhi or Paul George. Just don't. And – yeah, and I, I guess the only thing I would say that the Mavs have over the Clippers besides Luka is the fact that I, th- I just think that Carlisle is a better coach than Tyron Lue. I think Tyron Lue is oh, for sure overrated. I like that when he won the finals, uh, that wasn't his coaching. I thought it was just LeBron and Kyrie. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that series, man. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's pivot from some uh, basketball. Is there anything else that you want to touch up on for? Um, my card on my desk is a basketball card, so we can probably do that. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. Mine's a basketball I have, too. so again, I'm a, I've been on the Suns basically all year. Um, early, early on, it would be real good for me if they won it all. Uh, that said, any Suns rookie card, this is Mr. <laughs> Jalen Smith. Mr. Smith, who is, you know, very, very good. Yeah. Maryland, Maryland, Maryland was amazing with him. Um, I like any Suns rookie right now because especially if the Suns somehow can defeat the King, um, I I think everyone will have a a big microscope on the Suns, including their bench players, and I think there's a pop for everybody that plays on that team. Cam Johnson, I think, is going to have another big pop if they can somehow win, if if he can put in some minutes. Um. If the Suns win, all Suns rookie stuff is going to go nuts. Booker stuff should be three times the money it is now. Booker but, is unbelievable. Booker is unbelievable, but his stuff is already unbelievably high. I, I, I think not, it should be more. I think it should be more. I don't know, man. It's just, it's so high already. It's hard. It's a hard one to say. Like I mean, he, he's a phenomenal player. I, I love him. I've I've loved him since he came in the league. I was always I was always high on him. I, People were saying, thinking that he could never turn into more than just a shooter, but 
I mean, he's obviously proved people wrong. Um, but I, I the only just, other uh, the only other player I really actually show your card on your desk because your my, your your card on your desk is probably the same team I'm going to talk about. No, it's not. No, yeah, the card on my desk is uh the Magic Johnson Auto 2008 Tops Chrome lights card. Mm-hmm. Goes for like 200 bucks on eBay, but it's pretty uh, cool. Pretty cool card, you know. It's a Magic. I'll probably unload that here pretty soon. Even though I'm not the big, biggest Magic Johnson fan, I just you know, it's cool to have a auto of one of the, the greatest players to ever play. I like that. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I would sell it just because he signs for every product for some reason. Like, he's in everything. Every time we hit an auto and it's a Laker, it's him. Um, I'll tell you another guy I really like, and this is my – I wish I would have picked up on this one a week ago. I think Dylan Brooks – is one of the best stories of the playoffs. He is an absolute monster for the Grizzlies. That guy looked amazing. Both sides of the ball. He did. And I, you know, with him and Jaw, they're obviously like the Cinderella story because no one thought what Memphis could do. I, I will let it play out a few more games. I mean, Brooks, I would get his cards. they're, They're cheap. And you know, you could you could get them at a good deal, but I'm sure they probably spiked already since that game one. But, That's what's rough is if you could have picked that before, you would have done really well. That said, if they go on a run, I think his stuff will continue to improve, and it is still you, pretty cheap. You you know who who they should pick up is is the guy who's coming back in that game, who's available for game two, and that's Donovan Mitchell. His stuff is underpriced. And I think yep. I think Mitchell comes out, and I think he, I think that guy lights him up tonight. I really do. Mitchell is one of the best players, the best young players in the league. Like you don't want to talk about how you think Booker stuff is under. I don't understand Donovan Mitchell's card value, how it's and just underrated of a player he is. Like I really think people take him for granted. This guy last year in the playoffs, the year before, really turned up a level. Now that uh, he's coming back, hopefully again, like I said. Uh, they said he's available for game two, but I, I really want to see him come out and just light it up. I, I got to believe he plays. I mean, if they don't put him in, then I think they've they've written off this series. I mean, they've, they've well, got to have him. Well, also, and, you know, he was pissed that he didn't start game one, and rightfully so. I mean, it's a playoff game, and Mitchell says yep. if he's cleared and ready to go, you know, put him out there. Like I, I would Do be you think, frustrated too. Do you think that's them underestimating – no, I, I think, well, underestimating the Grizzlies. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I think like we're playing the play in guys. These are the play in guys. Like we're going to just run through them. We don't even, we'll just let you rest one more day. Cause we're going to go beat them by 30. Yeah. I understand that they're thinking, they're probably thinking that they're also thinking, you know, we're going to need you, you know, you're coming off an injury. We can't afford you to get hurt as the playoffs go on. But Mitchell, who's a, like I said, who wants to play and, you know, is a stud. Like, yeah, he wants to be out there, man. I don't blame the guy. Like, yeah, and, and I mean, I, he's a card I would go out and get. What's interesting is, and I think I'm right in this, 17-18 class, I think, and 100% has Tatum and Mitchell, but I think Dylan Brooks is 17-18 class too. The, maybe it's just... I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I don't know if I'm he's... pretty sure. Not a hundred percent. No, Brooks. But, Brooks is seventeen, eighteen, or fifteen, sixteen. I don't remember. But right. it's interesting that that whole class is kind of showing out in these, you know, 
three years, four years. No, I love it. And Jaws, the, I mean, of course, the biggest, you know, reason why. And even at that, even though his stuff dropped a lot in the last few days, I still like, I would buy, I would still go buy his stuff, man. I, I think Jaw, I, I, I always said that I think he's going to be much more talented than a Zion going forward. Just because I, I think to, he could add a lot of stuff to his game still, you know? I really want to see him uh, and Mitchell just both ball out. I think that's good for the hobby. It's interesting to me why Mitchell's never had hobby love. I don't know if it's because he already plays, but I don't know anyone really who collects that guy. No one's super stoked when they hit him. Um, I, I mean, I, I like his stuff. I, like I said, I, I, I do have a few of his rookie cards. Um, maybe not as many as I should. But, like, I, I really like his stuff because, I mean, he's a cheap eye. He's super young, and he's on a he's on a really good team. And I think a team that's going to be relevant for still a few years to come as long as he's on there. And he's still just super young. Yeah, it's just tough. Because, yep. again, it's like everyone who I know who does talk about him says the exact same thing you did, which is he's super underpriced. Everyone says he's underpriced while no one's out there just pl- plowing money at him. I don't understand. They'd rather buy Tatum. Yeah, because I think Tatum has this – well, he also plays on the Celtics, and, you know, people compare him to Kobe, and he was like that guy. He's the guy in that draft, you know. And then, I, you know, Mitchell's, what, the third guy in that draft, fourth guy? So it, The thing that's weird about the hobby, to kind of transition to cards a little bit, I've always told people, buy people that have a, a nickname because yeah. it's just, I don't know why it seems like the, those are your stars. You know, your bench guy doesn't have a nickname. Your big star has a nickname. Yeah, it's because they're all you know. stars too. But I think that's who you invest in, you know. And again, why is Mitchell the spider not bring even close to the value of a Tatum when I don't think Tatum's any closer to a ring than Mitchell. I think Mitchell has a better chance of getting a ring this year than Tatum does. It's because of the market they play in. Imagine yeah. if Mitchell was in Boston. I mean, it's you're playing in the, the second, third biggest market. You know, it's like, you know, of course, and you're playing for the Celtics of all places. You know, you know the, the well. One team we haven't talked about that is very interesting to me is what about the Knicks? You know, we'll touch on this a little bit. You know, we we briefly talked about the whole Trey Young thing. You know, I just I don't think the Knicks have the firepower. I mean, I think Randall does come out and play better. I think the Knicks do win their uh, game two. They were, I mean, it was so close. That game literally could have went either way. And yeah. great job by Trey Young. You know, I know we were talking about his play against the refs, but man, that layup it was so clutch. And that guy's he's another player in this playoffs that took a big leap too. Um, you know, I and I never thought that Trey Young could be that guy. So that's definitely I've been wrong about that. And but I would like to see the that team play. They just have so much more firepower than the Knicks. I mean, you know, it's like. With with him, Donovich, you have Gallinari and and then uh, Collins. It's like that team has just much bigger names than the Knicks do. Although the Knicks, like D Rose, is is playing well. That that's I can't believe that he's been as healthy. It's been it's been fun to watch him again, actually. For uh, sure. But uh, yeah, I just I don't so, think the Knicks have enough to to stop them. Yeah, I think they're gonna get wrecked. 
product, unfortunately, because I like the Knicks. I mean, there's some young talent there, especially with RJ, Emmanuel Quickly. I I mean, there's some guys that I think, yeah, yeah, I think there's some dudes that are going to be good long-term dudes. Yeah. Um, Who is your buy of the playoffs after what you've seen so far? If you had to, let's just play this game. If you had to take a thousand bucks and buy a guy, and it can't be a top-tier star, so it can't be Ja, it can't be LeBron, who has shown you something in the first couple games or first game that has made you want to go out and buy his stuff? Does that include Mitchell? Because, I mean, I mean, you're I mean he hasn't played. So you, you, he hasn't played. So how can you, you – I'm saying that based on performance. Based on performance, as of right now, I, uh, you know, God, man, it's just – I because that's the thing is, I, like, I don't like – Betting, I would. I don't like going out and get somebody right away in the playoffs, unless like it's gonna be a short thing. I just for like a long term hold, like I you know would get the guys that we just talked about, Mitchell and Jaw, like just because. Who's your Who's your quick flip based on the last two games performance? Quick flip. Because I've got I've got a sleeper. I guess it would have been Brooks. I you know coming Memphis because his cards are still cheaper and and if they win that series that'd be a bigger thing. But I like him, and I got one more for you. Go for it. Desmond Bain. <laughs> Desmond Bain oh, God, has man. looked – he's looked really good. Yeah. And he's put in some hes put in some buckets that actually mattered. You know, he had a pretty solidifying dunk the other night to, to close out the game up five with, you know, no time left. I mean, I, I, won't, t- I won't touch his cards. You know, if they're – I like it. They're so cheap. They're so cheap. Yeah. Like, honestly, could his stuff go from 5 to $10? Yeah. Again, when we talk about investments, like, you don't have to buy a $300 card to make it go to 6 You can buy $5 cards and buy 50 of them. And if they go to 10 you're in a good spot. I think Bain, the thing about this, if they somehow go on a run, there's people who have never even heard of this kid. Yeah. I- and if he somehow can hit a game winner, you're telling me you don't think you could double your money? Like, I think it's an easy win. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not into buying players like that. You know, unless they're like, you know, more like I'm just a fan of them. I, mm-hmm. I just like players I have no interest in that. I don't think is going to be doing good long term. Like someone I could hold for a year. I understand the quick flip thing. That's just not my game. Like you know, I'm going to hold and expect. You know, I'll take a loss, whatever. Um, a guy who who is probably just undervalued right now and just overlooked is a. Uh, I would just say Ben Simmons, man. Ben he is Simmons, tough, man. He's I, so brutal in the hobby. He's so brutal. Yeah, he is. But the Sixers, I know we talked about the the East is completely wide open. I would not yeah. be surprised if the Bucks, you know, the Bucks in because the thing about it, I think the Sixers are going to avoid them. If they, it comes down to it, they avoid them and they play the bottom tier seed. So it's like yeah. it would be just more interesting because the Sixers could make the conference finals and they maybe have a shot at the finals and. Ben, you know, Ben Simmons is going to have actually be an important part of it, regardless if you know if uh, Tobias Harris ends up turning into a thirty-point score in the playoffs. I'd be amazed if he continued that. But I think Ben Simmons is going to go off at least one one or two of these games, and his stuff is down. Uh, but if they mm-hmm. they could have a chance to make the finals. I, I would go in with Ben Simmons. If you're asking me. So this is the thing that's tough about Simmons, and this is kind of hobby related. So. Simmons, before his first 
cards got made, signed an exclusive deal with Upper Deck. And we were all excited in the card industry, especially us who owned shops at the time, um, for Simmons autographs. Simmons rookie autos were going to be massive. I don't know if you follow Ben Simmons cards that often. Um, he only has Upper Deck autographs, which means he is in Goodwin Champions and any kind of weird Upper Deck specialty product they may put out. But Ben Simmons does not have a rookie auto in NT. He does not have a rookie auto in Flawless. He does not have any autographs with Panini at all because they do not have the licensing rights to him. He signed an exclusive with Upper Deck. It murdered his card value. Now, his really rare rookie stuff when he first came out was still massive money, like his Flawless Diamond number to 10. Like, they were bringing stupid numbers. Right. But the fact that he doesn't have a rookie auto or a rookie patch auto... Honestly, I think he lost a lot of the collectors when that happened. Like no one, no one's out here buying up his base rookie cards. Like it really hurt him. Yeah, and I can I understand that, you know, because there's less to go around. But if he is to, if he could make a leap and and do some stuff in the playoffs, like those cards are going to see a spike since they're so scarce. So you will see that. So I think you, although you are right on certain things, is just if you can't buy his stuff cheap and there's not more out there, then people aren't going to go out there and try to spend top dollar on certain cards. But I, I would still go out. I would still go after one of his name, his cards, maybe a PSA nine and 10 rookie of his, you know, for a few, few hundred bucks and try to, you know, sit on it and flip it because I still think he's relevant. And he was the guy in his draft. Cause he come out, I think he came out of the 2016, 17 draft. Um, but yeah, I think uh, he was the only, he was the only guy in that draft, right, um, yeah. which is what murdered us that had shops back then. Because it's like if he would have had autos, we would have sold so much more product. But when guys couldn't hit anything of him, like it was so rough. I mean, I remember selling boxes of sixteen, seventeen for nothing. Like it was no, there was nothing to, there was nothing to hit. Yeah, especially you know Zion did that. You know, it's like oh my god. Oh. Yeah, and there was talks. Oh. There was talks that Upper Deck was going to try to sign Zion. If they would have, it would have murdered the hobby. Like that's one thing I said to a guy yesterday, because we ran a, uh, we ran a break that had a full size autograph Zion frame Jersey in it. And uh, the guy came and picked it up that hit it. And I told him, I said, you know what, man? Cause he was like, why didn't you keep this? I was like, I really don't have any wall space. Like my office, every single inch of my walls is covered in memorabilia. Um, and I said, you know what though? If I would have kept it, I would have liked to just because that guy has made me more money in this hobby than any other player of all time. I, because I the spike he created, he yeah. created the spike. The hype behind him, card. I mean, again, as a card shop owner, we went from being able to make you know thirty percent on a box to making eight hundred percent on boxes. Yeah, you know, like he yeah. he put a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets, and you know. In regards if you think he's the goat or the next guy, it doesn't really matter. He he's the goat in the hobby. Yeah, no, he was his stuff. I mean, like I said, the only I could only compare him to one other person for coming out of the school, and that's LeBron. For how much hype yeah. that, that guy had, you know, for the last two years. I mean, they were filming his high school stuff on ESPN. Well, and I would even argue he had more than LeBron. Like yeah. they were. I mean, LeBron, because again, socials so much more impactful now. Of course, you know. It's just like, yeah, he had hype, but I think he had more hype even than LeBron. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was, he was on Good Morning America dunking over cars and stuff. You know, I mean, like, the guy had all the hype in the world, Zion, that is. 
Yeah, no, look, Zion, social media, you know, exposes, you know, all these people so much. So everyone could get access to them just from turning on their phone. So it's it's a big, big difference between 2003 and, and 2019 now. You know, let's, let's well, move on. Go ahead. Real quickly, I think that's another reason, like, guys like LaMelo are going to stay very hobby relevant, even if they end up being not super relevant in the league as far as the team sucks. Um which I don't think the Hornets are that bad, but either way, their social media impact is so high. Like his view count is so massive. He can put up a shot of him jumping off of a balcony into a swimming pool and he's getting 4 million views. Like, right. I mean, it's unreal the, the reach this kid has. And again, what's that look like in four years? Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great point because, you know, even if he's, I mean, the thing is, is like when they're successful, like, you know, he's going to be rookie of the year, of course, like it's a big change for him, but it's just, yeah, social media brings these guys tips. So that's why it feels a lot more personable. And that's why basketball is just so much bigger than baseball. What we're about to talk next, especially in the hobby, you know, modern baseball is this, you have Vlad Jr. right now. He hit his 14th and 15th bomb yesterday. Absolute killed the ball and he tied Acuna for their 15th home run in the league. And, you know, Vlad Jr. was someone who you could have gotten the off season super cheap. I'd got some of his, his PSN 10 base tops chromes. And, you know, they're sitting, they're sitting at over like about a one seventy five to 200 bucks now. Mm-hmm. And those, those are great cards, but it's like Vlad, you know, is a guy who could possibly go on and win the MVPs. He's hitting like three, 330, I think, right now. And just on a team that, in that division, that division is the toughest in baseball, hands down. I mean, the Rays, we know, we talked about this earlier, they pulled off 11 in a row. The Yankees have caught fire after starting off terrible. The Red Sox are, I don't know how they're relevant, but, you know, they they somehow are. And, And then you have... The Blue Jays were the fourth. They spent a lot of money, but you know Vlad Jr. has turned back into form, and he was that guy that everyone was banking on in 2019. Yeah, in 2019, I literally said that the Blue Jays would win a World Series inside of three years because they have. It's not just Vlad. I mean, no. I'm a big Boba Chet fan. You know, um, they have a lot of young talent, and I think that they could develop into a team. I'd say another team making some serious news is my Cardinals. My God. They, they look okay. They, they look okay. Guy. They got my guy, Nolan. I, big they Nolan. They look all right. They look all right. Pujols has looked good at the Dodgers, too. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have kind of looked good. But right now, if I'm holding Pujols, I'm selling. And if I'm holding any um, – <laughs> excuse me. If I'm holding any um, judge stuff, I'm selling right now. Yeah, ju- judge – is someone who I would definitely sell right now. Pull holes is going to be a Hall of Famer, so you don't have to sell me right away, I don't think, in my, my opinion. I just don't know what, what more hype you get out of him than him coming out, taking a team like the Dodgers, and just, you know, bang, home run right away. Like, I don't know. I just think he's relevant right now. You weren't buying pool holes a month or two months ago. You know what I mean? Like, when he was hitting 160. Like, you might have been. I was, but like, most, he's a Hall of Famer. But what are you going to do? Are you going to wait five more years to sell? Why would you not sell now while he's hot? No, because I think as soon as he makes his retirement, that his stuff's going to pop. Yeah. 
I mean, it could. I mean, he's the he's the, the best hitter of the last twenty years. I mean, and he, who knows, he comes back maybe next year and tries to chase seven home runs. I I don't know. And I mean, I if, hope he does. If he does that, then you know, sitting on these cards is not not bad. Yeah. But yeah, man, I I think I think someone like Vlad, whose cards were down, this guy can make a major impact. And with with Toronto, I don't don't think they could do it because they don't have the pitching yet. But inside the next two years, I mean, they have George Springer. I think they are still a pitcher away. They, they need to go out and get somebody else to solidify the lineup. Hinge and Ryu is not going to be the ace of that line, line, lineup. I mean, I guess if you could do it in any sport, it will be baseball. With the, you know, they catch fire at the right time. I just don't see the Blue Jays being able to compete against the Rays, against the Red Sox, and against the Yankees this whole, this whole no. year. I mean, the season's still young. I mean, we're only, what, 42 games in, I think, or something. So, I mean, we still have another 100 games to play, which sounds like a, a crap ton. It's a lot of baseball. It's, it's a lot, lot of baseball. Of, yeah, and, ba- you know, baseball's in this time right now where it's it's slow. Um, baseball picks up mid-July around the trade deadline after the All-Star break. But uh, I think that's when baseball – the time to buy baseball cards is right now. Although you might think it's down, buy baseball right now because when it gets back in in August and September, that's when it's going to pop because football's not on yet. Football's not going to be on until you know what the first second week of September. So yeah, you know, buy get some baseball going because even you know the playoffs then be be more relevant. Who would you buy right now in baseball? Um, who's your who's your quick flip and who's your long term hold right now? My long term hold is actually Pujols. I I have loaded up on his rookie cards, and that's just because I think he, like whether if he stays in the league for another year or announces retirement, I will put those all on on uh, up for sale. A guy who, you know, I like for short short term is actually your guy on the Cardinals, and that's Nolan Arenado. I think his stuff. I mean, this guy's the best third baseman, man. His numbers, t- I think he's eight gold gloves. He's ready to win another gold glove. His war is unbelievable. He's up to 10 home runs, I think. He's been a huge reason why the Cardinals are succeeding. And although he plays in a medium-sized market, I still think the Cardinals are relevant to everybody because they're, they're the Cardinals. They're such an iconic team that when it comes to the playoffs, I really think that he is a guy that go out there. I'll tell you who I will not buy, and that's Francisco Lindor, who has sucked all year, <laughs> and uh, yeah. is a, that contract is awful. Yeah, but, but along along with just the Mets, along and I won't speak long about my Mets. Just so many injuries, man. That team has been decimated by injuries. I mean, they have like four of their starters on on the roster right now. It's been really bad. But man, uh, and another guy who's just been off the charts, man. I was like, I know a lot of people are kind of. Uh, up and down on selling his cards this season. That's been Tatis Jr., man. <laughs> that, I mean, man, he's been what, hurt. He's been sent to the DL twice, I think. And, you yeah. know, man, he's come back twice and just hit bombs. That guy, yep. I mean, I'm not a big fan on holding these these cards so high. You know, I mean, but, God, if you go out and get one of his rookie cards and just see where they go if they do make the playoffs, because they they are on a trajectory to make the playoffs again. So I would just – I would just hold them. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he seems like the guy you buy while he's hurt. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I guess if history's shown us anything, he, he'll go on the 10-day DL again sometime soon. Yeah. 
probably probably next week. But yeah, I like him. Um, I think I've mentioned this before. I used to PC his dad really hard. Oh yeah. Um, Touchy senior. So I wish I would have put the money into junior early that I put into senior because <laughs> I used to buy thousands of dollars for the seniors and stuff. Man, I mean, yeah, it's just like with him, it's like with him and uh, Acuna, their stuff is so high. I guess Soto's stuff is down, but now that he's back and now the Nationals are starting to win some more games, they're they're improving. And uh, Soto's hit a few homers since then. It's, uh, his stuff has popped back up, actually. Then I last looked on some of his rookie stuff. But, I mean, the Wander Franco should be getting called up soon. Tampa Bay uh, traded traded uh i think it was alvis i think they traded away and uh he's gone not alvis Al- i think uh avila god i don't remember but uh they traded away their players so they're gonna call up wander franco yeah wander just had a uh, record sale for his bowman chrome red auto did one hundred ninety thousand first time that any of his cards have ever brought anywhere near that yeah for like got his uh golden auctions right i saw that yeah God. Yeah, I mean, people have been hot on him for years. Like, people have been buying his stuff forever. Uh, I mean, I, I can't say I know enough about him. But, man, that, that's insane. Number one <clears throat> number one prospect in baseball. Yeah, yeah. You know. And it's just, he plays on the Rays. It's just, that's my thing about it. It's just, he plays on the Rays. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd rather have Jason Dominguez at whatever he is, 19, 18 years old now. For a Yankees uniform eventually, though, then wander at the Rays. Yeah, just because you mean from a card value, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, market is everything. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, with you see Dominguez stuff before that guy even turned nineteen, selling for as much as it already was. Huge. Yeah. Huge. But yeah, man, not not too much else going on really on in baseball. Just injury stuff. Let's uh, talk some NFL, man. NFL ruling. Yeah. Uh, the offseason, Julio Jones, you know, coming out saying he's done in Atlanta. And this is the first time that, like, Julio will be gone. I think he was drafted part of, the, like, 2010. He was yeah, he's two- been – I think that's exactly right. I think he was in the 2010 draft. But, man, Julio, who has been one of the top receivers, you know, so close to winning the ring there in 2016. And – you know, but still, he's coming off an injury. Thirty-two years old, three years, thirty-eight million dollars left on that deal. Um, some teams that have been rumored to trade for him are the Packers, the Patriots, the Colts. I hope that he ends up on the Colts, and I think they're the most realistic team to trade for him. But I would be shocked if the Patriots traded for him just because of the money that's attached and the fact that I just don't. Understand. I would just wouldn't understand the move from a Belichick point of view, giving up a second round pick. That's just not what Belichick does. But uh, I, I I think the most logical team he goes to is the Colts. And I'd like I, to see it. And I'm making another prediction after the Eagles cut or try to trade away uh, Zach Ertz. I think that uh, he's going to be on the Colts too. I yeah, I mean the Colts have an opportunity to get pretty stacked. It gets interesting. That's why I would say go out and buy Carson Wentz. Go get Oof. a rookie. I know, man. I know. Uh, but, man, if that guy back with his old coach, 
you know, man, I would, I would go out and buy some of his, his rookie stuff right now. What was your uh, opinion? Where do you think he goes, um, Julio Jones? I mean, I think the the Packers, to a degree, make sense if they're trying to feed Rodgers something to keep him. Like, I can see that being a thing. And But I'd like to see him go to the Colts for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think – I just think because they have so much salary cap, that's why they could just make a move for him. But the thing is, yeah. is, is Atlanta wanted a first-round pick around the draft – so now that it's not the draft no more, I think they probably at least want a second round pick. But yeah. sooner or later, they're going to have to make a decision. I don't think they're going to get a second round pick. I think it's going to end up like the Eagles situation with what they thought they could get with Carson Wentz. They thought they could get a first and it ended up being way of uh, falling way under that, getting a second and a third. But I mean, they're, they're going to have to settle for less and, it's just going to depend on what team is going to go after him. Yeah, I mean, I think the Colts looked good last year. They had some some relevancy. Well, um, especially with Philip Rivers being their starter, <laughs> they had Philip Rivers dead in the water, and then they still end up winning eleven games in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, you could buy a Carson Wentz, you know, a Panini Select. PSA ten for two seventy five or his Don Rust for a hundred bucks. PSA ten, it's just, it's just his stuff so cheap right now. I'm actually probably gonna oh, buy, buy, sure. buy some of his stuff after this. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, no, was, and I'm sure the people that are selling these have taken a big massive hit. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, man, I. Uh, not not too much else football talk here going on. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers stuff came out yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to to watch that. Aaron Rodgers pretty much saying, you know, just touching on the culture problem with the Packers and and all this stuff again. Not taking any ownership for himself. It's all in the Packers. at a certain point. Like at a certain point, like I wish they would just make the decision what's happening with him. He's getting a lot more TV time than he needs. Well, they're still waiting for June 1st, so this time next week um, they can make some decisions. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, I'm sure after yesterday, it's like they have to be like, okay, what can we get for this guy? What's your gut? Does he stay? Oh, no. I, I've thought he's – actually, no, I lied. I think two weeks ago I did say – I thought he'd stay. Yeah. Now, and now after watching this press conference, I just think that – I just think the Packers are like, you know, we got a guy who could potentially be a starter. We could get four first-round draft picks for this guy, and why not? Let's just do it. And we don't have to pay. We don't have to pay him until his forties. Like, just get rid of him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade him to Denver though. I trade him to the Raiders. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I would. I would not let him go to a place that he wants to. I'm like, no, I'm trading. We're trading to the Raiders. Yeah. You know, I mean, he wants to go to the Raiders, but. I, I would just, you know, take your chances with John Gruden and Mayock. Yeah. <laughs> I just have no faith in that organization with those two guys at the helm. I mean, their drafting is awful, and Gruden, I just don't think it's a good coach. Yeah, one bit of uh, hobby news that we haven't touched on yet. Nat Turner, president of PSA, has announced 
that all PSA orders as of 518 have now been entered into the system, which means if you've had stuff sitting there for six months that still doesn't show received, it now shows received. And I'm not sure that that's progress, but hey, we've got the cards typed into the computer. I mean, it's something, right? And it seems like, from what they said, to try to get stuff pushed out to July, I mean, they seem like they're on track. No. My, 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 my vote, no. I mean, I just, I have stuff from September that hasn't gone into phase one. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm going to say right now they are not going to be fully caught up until December. That's, yep. That is way out there. Do you really think yep. so, even, even though that they're not accepting cards? Mm -hmm. Because I think the backlog was much worse than they let on. Okay. I think it's much worse than they let on. I, and I, I would expect that just because of the fact how hot the hobby was when the, people <laughs> were just still stand, sending in their stuff all throughout, what, mid-March? Did they close down? Yeah. I mean, I have thousands of cards there, and I'm super small time. Right. Yeah. thousands of cards and if you and, think, I'm no, and i'm nobody in the, the hobby I'm, i mean i know guys that submitted fifty thousand cards every two weeks wow yeah and you only have so many workers it's like yeah i i think we're honestly for them to be fully caught up bulk and everything we're talking december and the notion that they're just gonna open up again and you're just gonna be able to send everything you want is not gonna be real what what is the result i mean God is like, what 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 would someone like Beckett like, who is their next best competitor? Yeah. What can they do to get one up on on a PSA? To me, the only thing that they could do to take market share would be offer a better service. So it's got to be cheaper with faster guaranteed turnaround times. And right now they can't do that because they're also not cheaper either, right? They're like. Right. 20 bucks more yeah right now but has that always been the case no they were the cheaper option for a long time oh wow okay yep and the turnaround times were better but again when a PSA 10 sells for 100k in a Beckett 9.5 gem which is supposed to be equivalent sells for 55,000 like if you have a card you think can gem, it's like man, it's almost worth just sending it to PSA and waiting, right? I mean, why would you send, you know, why would you send it to Beckett? You know, I, I don't know. It gets really tough. Yeah, that's just that's the thing, man. It's like it just doesn't make sense that I, I mean, I just can't believe that how much more PSA is valued over Beckett, and mm -hmm. you know, even I mean, I'm not saying SGC is on the same level because I know they're not, but like. You know, their their grading services can't be that much better than the others, right? No, I don't think they are at all. It's just all perspective, and it's all what the hobby accepts as the yeah. essentially benchmark. You know, a gem PSA is going to bring significantly more than a Beckett gem. Yeah, for, um, sure, for sure. But that's where the subgrades get interesting because, like, I would rather have a nine five Jordan rookie Beckett with a 10 centering than a PSA 10 that may be 60, 40 centering. I mean, to be honest, like, and for half the money. Yeah. Like, okay, you got it. 
But like, you know how people are saying, oh, just, you know, if, if a Beckett 9 is is selling for that much and like just break it open, send it into PSA and, and do that. Yep. Is that. Is that worth it? Have you done something like that? Um, I've, <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. Okay. I have a, uh, an odd one. So I had a bird 8081 magic, a bird magic Irving. So the big bird rookie. And it was a Beckett vintage graded five. And I looked at this card for like three days and I showed it to a bunch of people. And we were all just like, this thing is massively undergraded. So I cracked it out of the Beckett holder, sent it to PSA. Comes back a PSA six. So we went up, we went up a grade and quite a bit of value. Right. So then I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I still just don't agree. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do this for fun. So I sent it to Beckett again. Comes back that it's trimmed and they won't grade it. So then I sent it back to PSA thinking at this point it's going to come back at six. And when it comes back at six, after all this money I've spent on grading, I I can basically break even now if I'm lucky. (laughs) This son of a gun comes back to PSA eight. What the heck? So I went from a five to a six to a trimmed to an eight. At the point where I got to the eight, I sold it as an eight. Of course, right? You're like, this thing is so, two things. One, can you crack stuff and get better grades? Yep. You can go the other way too. But also, the inconsistencies in that process are massive. And it just makes it impossible now to play with that kind of system because the only way you could get a card into PSA is through Express, pretty much. Yeah. And that's taken a long time still, so I wouldn't do any of that. Honestly, and this comes from as a dealer standpoint, and I've made quite a bit of money grading stuff, and I think it's good for vintage. I wish that modern cards couldn't be graded. I know that that would be bad for the hobby in a lot of ways with people faking patches and all this other stuff, but I just, I remember the hobby when graded wasn't a thing, and I liked it better, you know, me personally. Well, I mean, yeah, for for someone like me who thinks that, I mean, I just can't believe how much the grading stuff really just makes the this astronomical difference. It just it doesn't make yeah. it fun. I mean, it just doesn't to like. Yeah, I mean, I want to get back to when raw actually is still cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, because if it's raw, it's like, oh, it's worthless. It's like no, that's not true yeah. at all. Raw but, is maybe that's the buy though. Maybe it's the the thing is great. If PSA can open back up and figure this out, and Beckett can get the the turnaround and pricing down. Maybe raw is where the action is, but I always, I don't know. I sell raw cards on eBay personally. Yeah. And I sell stuff that I think can gem, especially right now. Like I don't, I'm not grading anything for a really long time, so I don't care. Um, But I guess, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people have this notion too, that if you're buying a raw card on eBay, it's probably a PSA eight. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. And that's what people are aiming for. It's like, that's the idea in their head. And that's what makes it not fun because that's yeah. what they're, there's like, Oh, I'm going to send this into PSA and I'm going to sell it for this belt load of money. What stinks. And what I was hoping that when PSA closed that people are going to just buy and sell more raw cards, you know? Yeah. But right now, cause that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just loading up on raw cards. I'm just mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, I'm loading up on so much Tom Brady refractor stuff that like when it does open back up, it was like, cool. Because I think when Tom Brady retires, that this stuff is just going to pop. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like it. I especially like if you can start going after the numbered stuff. 
like his refractors numbered to 50 or under yeah. are really good. Like his red refractors numbered to like 10 and 25. Hard, I mean, they're really expensive. Though. Hard, yeah, yeah. No, they are. I want, one that I bought that I really, really liked is the camo numbered out of 150. It's this 2014, um, mm-hmm. to, uh, 2015 top chrome. chrome. Yeah, it's such a sweet mm-hmm. card, man. Numbered out of 150, yeah. and it's a sick card. I love it. But is, got, he, uh, is he throwing in that? Like, is he like, uh, pose, like, like he's throwing? I feel like I've seen this card. I just don't remember. Yeah, he, he's throwing in that card, yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it's like there's, of course, there's a lot of his refractor stuff out there, but it's like I just – you know, slowly buying those cards and just kind of like, I think that that's like one of my biggest hot buys like for me, but yeah, man, I, I think, uh, you know, so I just hope that the, the raw stuff will pay off, you know, in the end, I think that, I think the market will change in a year. I will. I do think that when PSA back in all these places, maybe a new player jumps in the game and it's hard, I, man. I, I, I don't know. foresee it. Because well, SGC had the chance. They had the opportunity and they blew it. Yeah, they did. They could have grabbed market share and they blew it so bad, man. They they upped their prices instead of, I'm like, <laughs> I, I like I did not understand that play at all. I'm like, you guys are crazy. You're Now you're more than Beckett? Like, why would I send my stuff to you guys over Beckett? To sell it, to sell it for half. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Anyways, let's get into our lifestyle talk of the week, buddy. What's your why would you not for this week? Uh, mine's pretty simple. It's why would you not wake up at the same time every day and set your circadian rhythm um, to get up? The point is, you know, if you do this for enough weeks in a row, like eventually you won't even need your alarm clock. You know, you'll wake up at the same time every day. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. It's a military thing. You know, get up at the same time, make your bed. You know, just get mm-hmm. get the routine going because when you have a routine. It makes your life a lot more organized and you get more stuff done. Well, I definitely know when I sleep in, which is rare, but it does happen. I, uh, I feel like I'm always behind, you know, like I feel like my day, I'm always playing catch up. And then it's like, by the time, you know, dinner time rolls around, it's like, man, I didn't get everything done. I needed to get done today because those two hours that I may have slept in, I could have been hammering out my to-do list, but I also tend to write a lot of stuff down. Like I have a to-do list every day. Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. It's, I slept in Sunday to 9 a.m. I've not done that in like six months. And although it felt good because I know my body needed the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated it because like I wanted, there's like just, I wanted to go wash my car early. I wanted to, you know, just, just stuff that I want to do early and I just didn't do it. But even in that in that sense, like although I didn't want to make it a negative impact, I just you have to allow yourself. Like I had to allow myself to be okay with it, you know, and not yeah. be, beat myself up over it. I think that's the other caveat to it. It's like if it does happen, just don't beat yourself up over it. And uh, Zach Blanchard, I know you're watching, and whoever's watching, what's your uh, why would you not for the week? Let us know in the comment section, you guys. And uh, mine for the week is why would you not pick up your dog poop? I stepped in dog poop. I have a dog, and uh, stepping in dog poop is the absolute worst because it smells god awful. And when I pick it up, I know it smells god awful too. But you know, do your uh, civil duty and uh, pick up your dog poop because no one likes stepping in it, especially if you're walking on the sidewalk in a year with COVID, where people like to walk around each other. They walk through the grass. And if they step on, step on your dog poop, well, I mean, they don't have to worry about COVID. They have to worry about dog poop on their shoe. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it sucks, man. I, I 
I stepped on dog poop this morning and I was completely just flustered. I was like, darn it. Cause I was walking my dog in the process. So I'm like, of course this is lovely. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't, but yeah, man, pick up your dog poop. You guys, if you have dogs, no. uh, yeah, we'll give you guys another, uh, second here. Zach Blanchard, if you're listening or anybody else want to put in something in the comment section, let us know. Ken, uh, what did you ever own a dog or do you own a dog? Uh, I do not. I have when I was young. I haven't as an adult. Yeah. Like I have a four-year-old that makes enough mess. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a desire. Plus for us, like, I feel like a dog would just get neglected, you know, especially when like, if, if breaks are really hot and business is hot, like I, I have to carve out time to play with my own kid, like carving out time to take the dog out and actually give a dog attention. I just feel like it would be not nice for the dog. Yeah. Plus it's like having a kid. It's like, it's like, yep. All right, man. I think uh, we'll touch it. We'll wrap it up here. Great, great work by Ken. Uh, appreciate your time as always, man. And we'll see everybody yeah, back here next Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific time. All right, brother. Go sons. Oh, yeah.